0: So I was going through this Tupperware <laughs> that I, I've i been just trying to go through stuff. We've moved in this house a year ago. And for anyone who has kids, you're like, yeah, it takes like three years to unpack, you know? And so I was going through this Tupperware where like I have like things that I did in school or, you know, things like that. But I ran across something that I frequently actually run across. I'd probably say every couple of years. I run across it, and it's really embarrassing, and I keep it because it's, one, hilarious. Two, it's framed. I signed it, and I signed it, and I framed it. Yeah. Um, And three, as a reminder of just how silly girls can be. Um, And I hope that I remember that with my daughter, you know, because I was, I was ridiculous as a kid. Like I sometimes think about the things that I used to think and it's just hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. So anyway right now I'm just listening to her we're outside and she's stacking little pieces of mud together and it's the most precious thing and she's going ee 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 and she's so precious I hope that she's just as weird as her mommy was and is I mean I'm not I'm not not weird and it's fine it's not something that's like it doesn't hurt my feelings nor is it something like oh my gosh I'm so cool because I'm weird no like I am a bit of a weirdo and it's fine um but Anyway, so what I found was this list. I think it has like 52 lines to it. 52, because I think I numbered it. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. The title of is the title of it is um, "Things That I Will f- Have in a Husband." I'm not joking. I think I did this like my freshman year of college. And I remember actually taking it with me like to, um, to the cafeteria at one point and showing it to one of my guy friends and thinking that I was like, so genius for doing this. And it's like, it like sentences, sentences on this start off like this. They're like bullet point. They're like, he will go to the store and buy me tampons and like it. I'm not joking. I he will love when I wear sweatpants he will love my hair he will oh it's it's ridiculous like it's crazy and I just remember like sitting at this table and it was my friend I remember my friend specifically my friend Africa I called him Africa because when I met him he had this like necklace on that looked African and so I always called him Africa and I remember he was reading my list and he was laughing at each one. And when I say laughing, I remember I distinctly <laughs> I distinctly remember him like hitting his hand on like the cafeteria table, laughing with each one that he read. And I and he at the now I think about it, and I'm thinking he was so gracious with me because those these things are so embarrassing, right? And I remember just being like, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, that's what I'm going to have in a man. And actually, I did not do this by myself, okay? Like, this was not done by myself. It was with a friend of mine. And we, like, of course, like, late night, girls up, we're crazy, watching romantic comedies, you know, making lists about what my man will be, you know. What's up, baby? Your finger's better? You sure want? you, sure you want to keep the Band-Aid off? Yeah. Okay, when we go in, we'll put another Band-Aid on, okay? Yep okay um so anyway but I remember after he read the list I remember Africa looking at me and saying so you're gonna have all this stuff huh hey babies come on over here because we got we're we've got stuff around that corner that mommy doesn't want you to step on a nail or something baby um, but I remember him saying, so your man's going to follow this stuff. I'm like, yeah, he is. I'm like, I will not compromise. Like my husband will have like all 52 things. And he goes, oh, okay. And he said, well, are you all these 52 things? <laughs> uh, slap in the face. Right. And I remember as serious as he could be. And this is the thing with this guy. Like he was either like, really funny and joking, like, you know, especially he had a contagious laugh, because he laughs with like his whole body. So it was either like he was laughing, or like he had something really good and profound to say, who's one of those people that, you know, if you stopped and listened, he had some really good things to say, you know. And I just remember him saying, he said, why don't you stop writing lists about what a guy has to be? And why don't you just concentrate on who God wants you to be as a woman? And then the right, the right man and the right things will come into fruition. And he didn't say those exact words, but that is what he said. Because I don't remember his exact words. I just remember thinking, uh, you're crazy, like, whatever, you know, and <laughs> like, I just remember like, kind of like shrugging it aside what he said. Hey, Lele, be careful. And, um, sorry, my daughter, Layla, she's so little, she's outside here walking around. And I'm just like, how are you so little? Like, I just, oh, she's so precious. Anyway, I can't handle when little toddlers wear tank tops. I just, I love it so much. Anyway, so I know that's random, but you know, it was years later that I took that framed ridiculous list that I signed. It was printed. I printed it. And I signed it, and my other friend signed hers too. And I'm sure she has not kept hers, but it's ridiculous this this list. But I remember taking it off the wall, and as a more mature person, as someone who looked at things more reasonably at the time as well, I took it off the wall, and I read these things, and I thought to myself, like, <laughs> my son. I don't know what he's doing he's just running around breathing really heavy um but I just remember like thinking to myself thinking back to what Africa told me and I thought to myself you know he really was right I think that was a big turning point in my life, too, because I think in college, especially Liberty University, where I graduated from, which I love the school, love it, I do. People are like, oh, this, oh, that about it. You had a curfew. How embarrassing. I'm like, whatever. The people I met there surpassed any rule that they had, and it actually made things more fun because you kind of like no boys in the girls dorm, no girls in the boys dorm. But, you know, like we found fun things to do, like watch TV outside, like got to put a couch outside, watch, you know, a movie on a TV, like you bring it all outside. Like we did really fun things like that. And I just really appreciate that university for what it was. I can't say for what it is now, but um, I just remember at that point, things kind of turning around. And at that point, I honestly was like, I'm really happy as a single woman. Like I really am. And that developed as I graduated from Liberty and I got a job and I, you know, moved to Florida, which I don't even know what happened to me. And then I moved back and then to Lynchburg and Virginia where my university was. It's a great community. And I remember thinking, you know, My life is really good. And my goal was not to find Mr. Right. It wasn't (laughs) to find Mr. 52 things on my list, right? See, that list now when I look at it, of course, uh, it just serves as a reminder of these unreasonable expectations, but it also serves as a reminder, those might have been unreasonable expectations, but my standards were still very high. And I stopped seeking, like, a future husband and started seeking powerful women. And when I say powerful women, I don't mean someone in high society. I don't mean, you know, that. I mean women that pursued Jesus or wanted Jesus or talked about Jesus. Okay. In a little bit, baby, we will, okay? No problems. Yeah, in a little bit, sweetheart. Okay, yes ma'am? Yes, ma'am. Okay. In a little bit I'll do it for you, baby. So we are learning the not to do. Oh, but yes, ma'am. <laughs> he is uh definitely learning that he's, you know, when I say no, it's anyway, that's not important right now. But so I sought out these, again, my podcast, I don't edit them. I don't edit out my children. This is my life. My children are my number one. You know, you're going to hear my kids, you're going to hear my dogs, you're going to hear my husband, you're going to hear my life. And that's just the way that it is. Because these podcasts are like a, a phone call to friends, you know. But anyway, so I sought out powerful women and I wanted women in my life that were like family. And I was very purposeful about this and God gave it to me. And I became very good friends with women who were also in the same stage of life. Now don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, of course you have this romantic idea of this man coming into your life and, And sweeping you off your feet and all this stuff, right? I mean, I would say that maybe something's wrong if you're not having those ideas or those thoughts, but not letting it dictate your life. I think that that's what's important. Because it really, truly was, as Africa said, I I started developing myself, and not for any man, not to be in a relationship, not to be a great wife. But to, see, but to be someone, and I remember one time my friend saying that her husband said this, and I loved it. He said, when I get to heaven, I just want to hear Jesus say one thing. He said, when I get to heaven, I want him to turn and see me and go, oh, there's my friend. And I loved that. And I thought, you know what? I want to be the woman that when I enter into heaven, that Jesus turns around and sees me and says, oh there's my daughter and I I love that idea you know I love that idea of (laughs) him just knowing you like the idea of Jesus like turning around and (gasps) expressing his relationship with you you know and I think your relationship with Jesus dictates how your friendships are how your marriage is you know, I talked about my friend Cheryl, who deals with depression, and she goes, "Wendell, you know, I don't always immediately run to Jesus." She goes, "Sometimes it takes me a little bit because I'm angry or I'm just tired." Or, and I said, "But that's the thing—is our relationships—they're like that. Like, I love that your relationship with Jesus is not right now, but I will. Like, you know, you will. You know, you'll go to Him." And so I say this because that relationship that even Cheryl has of, she's like, you know, I don't always just immediately run to him. I'm like, yeah, but that's still a relationship. Sometimes I tell my children, hold on. You know, like it's still this amazing relationship. And so that's what I started pursuing was just this relationship with Jesus. And I've been a believer since... Middle school. But it really wasn't until I graduated from college that I truly started understanding that Jesus really did love me. And I was really hard on myself, I think, a lot of times as a Christian. Like, I was very hard on myself. And when I started having this relationship with Jesus, that was just our communication. You know, he was the one I ran to. Like, he's the one, even when I was angry or mad at him or didn't understand my life, like, most of the time I was so heartbroken because I had a relationship with Jesus and because I didn't want to go to him at the moment. And so instead of looking for these outward things, this man to come into my life and rescue me, you know, I... And the thing is, really, I didn't grow up thinking like that. Like, I was the little girl who went to bed thinking about, and this is, sounds ridiculous, karate. I thought about, like, oh, my goodness, what if I got in a fight and I had to beat up all these people? And, and I'm not even kidding. Even in college, like, I didn't go to bed thinking about a man. Like, I went to bed, like, thinking about all these ridiculous scenarios. Like, I, uh, you know. I never thought about my wedding. You know, you always hear little girls plan their wedding from day one. I never did. The thought of planning a wedding, like, gave me a headache. That is why my husband and I eloped to Alaska. That and because I didn't want to sweat while saying my vowels. Like, I was like, if I'm going to be sweaty, it's not going to be until my honeymoon. I'm not going to be sweaty saying my vowels because I just, I'm a sweaty person. I have, I just, I just... I just hate the heat. And so I was like, I'm not getting married. I want to get married outside, but just with like pretty much nobody. And that's what we did. And we eloped and not eloped, but we just had our wedding in Alaska because I didn't want to plan anything. I wore a flannel. It was great. We were on the beach in Seward, Alaska. It was amazing. And so I didn't want to plan anything, even a reception. His parents had to do it. He was like, they were like, can we please have a reception when you guys get back? We're like, okay. Like, that just isn't me. Like, I didn't plan anything. And so I just made sure there was someone there to marry us. And that's it. Right? Some guy, a kayak instructor. Yeah. At this, at this, um, RV place we were staying. Cause we had an RV. We RVed around Alaska for our honeymoon and it was awesome. And, um, Gosh, I just loved it. Anyway, so I was never that girl, right? But of course, you, you see these relationships and you, and you, of course, feel like, oh, man, you know, I wish I had that, that person. That was just my person, you know? But I did. I started, I started just pursuing powerful women. And these powerful women infiltrated my life and I into- infiltrated their life. And I honestly thought to myself, like, prob- I might never get married, I might never have kids. I mean, I remember when I turned 30, I thought, well, I definitely can't have kids now. um, You know, by the time I meet somebody and we get married, like, I'm going to be too old to have kids. And yeah, I had kids um, in my later 30s and I don't regret it a bit. But, you know, I watch these young girls and they go from guy to guy to guy and I just want to tell them, like, don't throw your pearls to pigs. And I've told this to a couple of friends of mine who have been in relationships, or maybe not even relationships, just giving their their selves to people who don't understand their value. And I'm like, don't throw your pearls to pigs. In scripture, it says that. Basically, it says don't throw your valuables to something that doesn't know what to do with it, that doesn't honor it, that has no idea what it is. And so I, I tell that to young girls. I'm like, don't just go around sharing your heart and your soul to, or your body especially, um, to boys or to men, don't throw your pearls to pigs. Those things are sacred things. And so, you know, even people who are in these weird relationships where they're like, well, he doesn't really want to say I'm his girlfriend. I'm like, what are you doing? You're throwing your pearls to pigs. Like this guy has no idea the value that you are. And so, (sighs) I, I had these relationships with these women and I had these roommates and I've, you've heard me talk about the 215 We lived at a house with the number was 215 and I had relationships with these girls and they were my family. I lacked nothing. I've said this to my husband and he loves it. I didn't marry you cause I needed you. I married you cause I wanted you. I think that's really important. And I hope to teach my daughter that too. And my son that too. Like, you don't marry someone because you need them. (laughs) You know, like, you need Jesus. You marry someone because in marrying them, you understand Jesus more. He allows that. And he gives that to you. And you want to be with this person. You don't need them. I didn't need to get married. I was having the time of my life. I was traveling around the world. I had great friends. I didn't need to get married. And I think that that's, that's important in finding like where Jesus wants you. My husband came into my life when I was 30 years old. We started dating when I was 31 he is seven years younger than me and I'm going to say this and a lot of people won't like it this generation of a guy texting you to ask you out messaging you on Facebook I don't, Instagram whatever, snap the chat or whatever it's called, I'm not on that no no I don't accept that. Like Joe called me and asked me out on a date. He called me and asked me out on a date and he was nervous and his voice cracked and everything. I didn't even pick up the phone because I was so nervous when he called me that he left me a message and said, Wendelin, this is Joe. I want to see if um, I could take you out. I'd love to take you out and for dinner or maybe watch a movie or something. And I mean, he even left it on a message. So I didn't have any, like I didn't have any question as to why he called me. I heard that message and I was able to respond back to him and guess who was the coward? Me. I texted back. He didn't. And I love that because you know what? Women are taking that out of the, out of the scenario Oh, no, no, no. You don't have to put yourself out there too much. You can just text me. You can be vague. You can just private message me. No. Be a man and call. And I just love that. That was one of the first things that I was like, hmm, maybe this guy is different. And he's even seven years younger than me. So it's like, it's not like... he's an old soul so what is that baby that's part of um, mommy's planting soil the plants that I plant just don't put it in your mouth baby okay I did because that's I think that's like a that's like food for plants oh. yeah okay baby um so anyway like I love that like I love that he he called me and I think that women allow men I read this book one time and I, re- I recommend it highly recommend it to women young girls especially it's called return to modesty and it's this jewish woman who jewish girl who um, lives in new york city and she talks about how women have allowed men to just get away with mediocrity and some people might say it's not our responsibility for men but you've been allowing it You've been allowing men to practice mediocrity and to continue to step into your life. You want to weed him out? I'm going to tell you right now, do not accept any text message. Do not accept any way of asking you out besides either in person or him call you. He needs to put himself on the line. And the the fact of the matter, this is the thing. I think about that. I think about how my husband, my, this guy that I didn't even know, I actually worked with him. This is hilarious. I was actually his supervisor and I was like, this guy keeps like pursuing me. He's making it very clear. Like he's kind of flirting with me a little bit and it's kind of weird because he's way too good looking. He's seven years younger and I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to have to shut this down. And then we went for coffee, and I did not shut it down. (laughs) I did not. He's absolutely beautiful, and he's a beautiful person. And his smile, like, literally makes me weak. Like, it made me weak, literally, in the knees. I was like, this guy is so beautiful. It's ridiculous. I was like, surely he's, like, some player. Ended up not being a player at all, and ended up being the love of my life. But in saying all of this, him calling me and asking me out on a date is just, it was just prophetic of how he would treat me as his wife. He still puts himself on the line for me. Still. It was, you know, it was so funny (laughs) that I've told you guys that we have some guilty pleasures that we watch. Like, we watch My 600 hundred pound Life. We watch Naked and Afraid. We watch, I mean, because we have the same sense of humor. (laughs) We just watch things and look at each other and pause it and make comments. And we just, he's my person. Like, he's my person. And so, you know, my husband will just, like, he'll leave for work, drive two minutes down the road and call me and say, I just wanted to hear your voice. Girls, he put himself on the line for me he called me and asked me out. Like he didn't, he didn't phone it in, you know, like, well, he did. But (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? Like, he asked me he manned up. And as a result, like he's always putting his emotions online on the line for me, he knows that I'll receive them and I'll love him and it's safe. But it's so beautiful to see it's so beautiful to see him open up, you know. And you know, the other day we were watching um, the Santa Clarita Diet, and it's a ridiculous show, but it's actually Mommy, kind of hilarious. But, what, baby, what happened? Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just... Oh, you got mud? No. That's okay. I don't. Okay. I think you have mud in your pants. I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Mommy, am I doing? In a little bit we will, baby. Okay. And so... Um, In the Santa Clarita diet, he's like, uh, Drew Barrymore is like this zombie who like eats bad people. It's ridiculous, but it's actually hilarious. And she's trying to convince her husband to become a zombie because they'll live together forever. They won't die. And he's like trying to figure it out. And my husband looks at me and with all seriousness and says, I would become a zombie with you in a second. He's like, I went along without a question. Like I would do that to be with you forever. Girls, I waited 31 years to meet this man, to have this man in my life. I honestly didn't know if I was ever going to get married because yeah, I mean, my expectations were high, but you know what was even higher? The fact that I loved my life. And I always told people if I I will only marry a man who I enjoy being with as much as I enjoy being with my girlfriends my roommates and who fulfills me in that way and I just find girls these days just compromising like you don't need to look for the perfect guy what you need to do is live the perfect life let women infiltrate your life that are going to be beneficial and profitable for you be beneficial and profitable for other women for other people you know, live your life and live it to the best. And if God orchestrates this, then that's fine. And so I just, you know, I think about that list. Mommy. Hey, baby. It's not that hot out here, baby. Yeah, Give mommy. me five more minutes and then we'll head inside, okay? All right. But you can't bring that dirt inside. I know you have dirt in your pants. I don't. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That smile's telling me otherwise, sneaky. But you know, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you make this list. I feel like we make lists of what a guy, specific things like, oh, he has to be this, and he has to be tall, and he has to be this, and he has to be this. Because I think one of the things on there is that he has to be tall <laughs> on my list thing is, just live your perfect life and let God orchestrate things. Let someone come into your life and you accept it because it's as good as the life that you're leading. Not because, oh, it would be better. Hey guys, I can't see you over there. Come on, Layla. Come on, Layla. Charlie. No, sir. Over here. Good job. And you know, I just, I just think that's important for women to understand is. I was trying to mud in the bathroom so I did turn it on. In the toilet? No, no, in the bath. Oh, no, baby, you don't want to do that. Why? Is that why you're bringing mud into the house? Yeah. <laughs> It's creative, but I don't think putting mud in your bath is going to be very effective in getting clean. Um, but fun getting dirty. But it's fun getting dirty. I understand that. Why don't you get dirty out here, and then we'll go in and get clean. Okay. Um, <laughs> he is now rolling around in dirt, literally. Um, so anyway, I just... I just encourage women to know Jesus, know who they are in him so that if Jesus, whatever Jesus brings into your life, whether it be singleness, whether it be marriage, whether it be, you know, a development in your career, whether it be whatever it is, just know that you are who you need to be with Jesus. And the rest just falls into place. But I will say this. I think women are allowing men to just get away with mediocrity. And if this were a podcast for men, I'd say the same thing to men. Quite honestly. I think we all need to just step it up. You know? In our relationships and... You know, even like when my husband... I'm so free to say whatever I want and around my husband. I'm so free to be whoever I am around my husband. But that took getting to know me. That, get, that took getting to know who I am in Jesus. That took getting to know that I, am, I have worth in Jesus. I don't gain worth from my husband. I have worth in spite of because of Jesus. And so, you know, as a result, my list of 52 things that a man has to be is nothing. And it's laughable. Because I know one thing my husband would straight up be a zombie with me for eternity. And I know that my husband, at any point, he tells me all the time, he was like, Wendelin, your happiness means so much to me. You're my girl. He's like, You're my girl and if i ever feel like i need something from him if i ever feel like i need something from him verbally or anything i say it because my relationship means that much he put himself on the line calling me and asking me out he made himself vulnerable he made himself open to rejection and in our marriage we know that it's a safe place we're not going to be rejected So if I need to hear him say that he thinks I'm beautiful, even though he says it all the time, if I need to hear him say, I love you, if I need to hear why he loves me or what he finds beautiful about me, I will ask him because he's my person. And I know that he put himself on the line for me that he put, he, I mean, how awkward, you know what? Yeah, I can text, a guy can text a girl and ask her out. He can even do it in such an obscure way. If she says no, he's like, I wasn't asking you out. What are you talking about? I never, not once ever questioned while we were dating his intentions with me, ever. He told me a week into us being together, my intention is to be with you. Two weeks, my intention is to be with you. Three weeks, my intention is to be with you. you." And I told him, I said, please, you know, when we finally got comfortable in our relationship when we knew that we were going to be with each other forever, I said, when you, like when we decide to get married, can it just be a decision we make, not a proposal? That's just who I am. I'm like, and don't get me a ring. It will just get in my way. And I just can't have one after watching Blood Diamonds. But anyway, I, <laughs> we just fit. I remember sitting in the office at work. I was a supervisor. and He was one of the employees before he went to school to be an um, aircraft mechanic. I remember him saying, why don't we get married this June? I was like, yeah. He goes, what about in Alaska? I'm like, uh, yeah. And that was the engagement. And people might not think that's special. It's really special to me. Because we're in sync. Completely in 110%. So as little as that moment might seem to some people, it was really big to me. And I loved it. And so what I'm saying here, in so many different kinds of ways, I waited a long time to finally say yes to someone. And I was in one other relationship besides my husband and it was nothing and I'm so glad that I didn't just date around because that's just not for me I don't think it's wrong for people to go on dates or have you know whatever um, if done in a way that is glorifying to who Jesus is and who he's made you to be as a woman and a man but I waited 31 years to be with the person that I honestly thought was never gonna come into my life because I was like I just I love my life and I don't really feel like I'm lacking anything and I just I love that he didn't take shortcuts I love it and I will say this too as long as we're talking about relationships and dating, don't have sex till you're married. This is not a judgmental thing I'm saying. I'm not judging anyone who has. And you can start again in your relationship or a new relationship or whatever. Because let me say this my husband and I didn't have sex until our wedding night. Okay? We waited. And you know what that did for us? We knew that it worked. We knew our relationship worked without it. Sex is just another, I've heard this from a friend of mine, sex is just another form of communication between married people. And it's true. But all the other form of communications worked with us. We fit. And sex was just another form of communication that came into our marriage when we got married and I would say that to anybody even people who aren't believers even people who aren't Christians I would say this don't have sex until you're married don't because you will know whether it works or not you won't be manipulated by it you will know whether your relationship works we knew I know that if something were to happen to us God forbid and sex was no longer a part of our relationship our relationship would still be golden because I know it works without that. And the people that I've talked to in my life who have had sex and dating they said everything changes once that's involved. It's true. People have a lot of different opinions about that and Hey Lay, don't get near the street if I have opinions about that and they think I'm old fashioned or whatever but that's one of the best things I've ever done and it was worth it 110% and I remember actually telling Joe that I was a virgin and I was in my 30s and I remember him looking at me and I remember these were the words he said how is it possible that you keep getting better with every word that comes out of your mouth? What? Amazing. If I didn't want to jump his bones before, I wanted to jump it then, which I always wanted to jump his bones, but yeah. And I waited, but <laughs> I waited till we were married. But yeah, I just... These lists and these things that we... You know, I I was telling a a friend of mine who started dating this guy and she was like, I don't know. People don't think that he's very attractive. And I said this to her. I said, it doesn't matter. And this is going to sound weird when I first say this. Because one of the things on my list was he will be good looking, right? Okay. Yes, Joe's good looking. But I said this to her. I said, the fact of the matter is when my husband walks into the room, I don't see... There's sometimes yes, and he'll be talking to me. I'm like, You are one, mm 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 mm. Like, you are one sexy piece of meat. Like, yes, I do. But in a marriage, yeah, you did find lots of dirt, baby. Yeah. That looks like a root. I think that's a root, baby. It is. Yeah, I think it's a root. I'm Okay. What is this part though? I don't know, baby. I don't think it goes together. It does. Okay. Um, But one thing I told her, I'm like, you know, when I, with my husband, I don't see this, this sexy man walking into the room. What I see is my partner. What I see is his character. What I see is his integrity. What I see is the father of my children. And that's what your marriage will be. Your marriage will be, I see this person's character. I see this person's integrity. I see this person's intent. I see how this person takes care of me. I see how this person takes care of their family. And so as much as yes, you do need to be attracted to the person, the fact of the matter is these things, these 52 things on my list, when he walks into the room, I see my partner. I see my best friend. Like I see the person that I want to spend all of my time with. And so as far as his looks go, yeah, he's beautiful. But that's not what enters the room. His character does. His integrity does. These things about him that make this amazing person. That's what I see. I see the man who, let me grab the child out of your arms for a little bit, sweetheart. You go lay down. Let me do it. Can I get you anything, sweetheart? Like, he is tender towards me. And I hate that word tender, but it's true. He is loving towards me. And I think we're driven by a society of just sexual attraction or, you know, oh, this person's attractive. Oh, this girl's skinny. Skinny. And, oh, this guy's tall or whatever it is. I'm like, you won't see his looks when he walks in the room. And that's what I told her. I said, you'll see your partner. So choose wisely because you will see who they are when they enter the room. It's true. Anyway, so I saw that list today and I thought about all of these things in my life just contributed to what my life is now and I think about that list and I think about the girl who made it and I think about my friend Africa who said why don't you concentrate on being the woman that God intends you to be and don't worry about this those words didn't hit me till years later And I'm so grateful for those words because I'm going to share that list with my daughter and my son. I'm going to say, this is what mommy wanted. Look at these superficial things. This is crazy. But then when mommy forgot all these things and just decided to explore who she was in Jesus and have this goal of fiercely, 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 fiercely fiercely getting these powerful women into my life. Things changed for me completely. Women, don't let men come into your life, infiltrate your life, men who aren't supposed to be there, and not allow you to truly find out who you are in Jesus. Because it's a distraction and it's an unnecessary one. It is. It is. And so, everybody's relationship is different. Everybody meets in different ways, obviously. Everybody's, you know, I'm just telling you my experience. And how having these women in my life. And how having people speak truth into my life. And being single and being independent and learning how to do things on my own. That's a huge one. Traveling the world. Staying in hostels. Meeting people. Meeting crazy people. And (laughs) great people. And... You know, people, uh, yeah, I mean, just these experiences that I gained, they all contribute to my relationship. But you know what contributes the most to my relationship besides who I am, my value in Jesus, my worthiness in Jesus? Number one thing that contributes to my relationship with my husband and my children for that matter, but with my husband is the relationship that I had with the women I lived with, these women, these powerful women in my life. It changed me so much that it makes my marriage what it is. I learned how to truly love somebody outside of myself. And so I just encourage girls like of any age, gather women around you who are profitable for you in the sense of spirituality and knowing Jesus, who feed you, who will also challenge you in ways that sometimes may seem hurtful because truth is not easy. (laughs) So you find things about yourself and you, and you have these relationships that not only you find things out about yourself, but makes you look at your intent and your motivation and all of these things. So women hold on to other women and who knows if God willing, you will find a man who wants to be a zombie with you for eternity. (laughs) I am starting, I am starting, um, a Facebook page and hopefully an Instagram page of Frizzy Mom. So I will let you guys know when that is available and, um, just, you know, cause apparently my husband says I need to, <laughs> I don't ever do anything on Instagram. I'm so old lady. It's very confusing to me. It's ridiculous. I'm like 105 but anyway and that because I'm going to post pictures of my life and my family and the things that I'm talking about because and possibly some videos which I think videos are a necessity sometimes so you guys can just see when you can see someone's expression and stuff so anyway have a great day